Hey, uh, Matovich here. From all of us at Wasted Space, we're proud to be supporting the Indie Hour. Wasted Space is a little slice of everything. Local art, great musicians, both local and touring. It's a cafe, it's a bar, it's your home away from home at 74 Salina Street. So thanks for checking us out on the Indie Hour, recorded live at Wasted Space. Thank you, Matt, and welcome listeners to the Indie Hour. I'm your host, Shannon, and I have Rory Talon on the stage here at Wasted Space today, July 29th, 2015. Welcome, Rory. Thanks for having me. So um, why don't we just start off with you telling our listeners a little bit about yourself, Uh, what they need to know. (laughs) What they need to know. Yeah, what Uh, they need to know. Musician, tall, beard. Usually man bun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oshawa-based uh, artist. Um, You're in Oshawa now? I know a lot yeah. of people said you, you, you used to be Toronto-based. Yeah, yeah. I, I lived in Toronto for a while, but I've been here for a, a little bit now, and I, yeah. I like it. Where are you from? Uh, I lived. I grew up in Port Perry, yeah. which is just north of here, and then uh, moved to Toronto for a bit, and when I got married, I moved to Oshawa. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So is that is that all the need to know for our listeners? Uh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I think. Um, I was reading a little bit. I, I came across an interview that Will did with Lion. I think mm-hmm. that's how it's pronounced from Port Perry, and and she talked. Uh, she she kind of referenced being an old soul. Right. And then right after that, kind of um, talked about you, how she had kind of grown up with you and did a lot of playing with you, and she was like, "Yes, Rory's like this. You know, he's an old soul." <laughs> and then you know, and I and I I'm I guess I inferred that that would be that's kind of where the name came from of your band yeah yeah kind of I thought it was really funny that uh, she talked about me in her interview because I hadn't seen her in a while but we grew up um, together we sang in high school together and uh, then afterwards we just both went in different directions but um, yeah the old souls it's the the original bass player in the the band and I uh, were talking about um, coming up with a name because we wanted to be Rory Talon in something and then we couldn't think of anything. There was Rory Talon and the receders because everybody had a receding hairline and, or <laughs> and uh, a couple other names. And um, But uh, then the bass player and I were having a beer one night and he's just like, you know, we all get told we're old souls all the time, you know, just because of our demeanor and our, yeah. our mannerisms. And, I think it fits, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's a cool name because it, it does happen a lot. I'd be like, oh, you're an old soul. It's like... <laughs> took me a while to understand that there wasn't an insult. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. I think it, it, it sometimes even infers a little bit of wisdom, so mm. definitely not an insult, yeah. Um, so you sang a lot growing up, yeah. and uh, and I remember when I ran into you at, uh, at the Slow City pop-up studio a couple weeks ago, I asked you about singing opera, and <laughs> uh, and we ta- talked a little bit about Broadway. I'd love mm. for our listeners to hear you know a little bit about your thoughts on that and, and what that experience was like for you. Uh, well, like when I grew up uh, learning how to sing, I sang chorally and in choirs and stuff, and I did the whole, um, uh, you know, plays and, and stuff like that, and I really loved it, and I, I just stopped doing it eventually. I don't remember why I stopped, and um, but I definitely would love it, and we were talking about Phantom of the Opera, which I, I love, and uh, I think that might be, like, my kickback if somebody was like, Rory, we want you to be the Phantom, and I'd be like... As long as you don't have to shave my beard, I'm in. <laughs> so, kind of a bucket list, I swear. Yeah, yeah. that'd be amazing. Yeah. And that, that was actually one of the coolest. Um, uh, somebody did a, a review of a show I did, like, early on. And that was one of the coolest things that happened was usually people would be like, oh, yeah, he sounds like Pearl Jam or he sounds like Tea Party or he sounds like, you know, stuff like yeah. that. 
but she said that that I could give the original, like when it blew up, the original Phantom, uh, run for his money. And I was like, that's uh, that's a really cool comparison yeah. considering I was playing nothing of the style. <laughs> well, you have incredible power, and oh, there's thanks. there's lots of control there. So yeah, I could I could see it. That's why I asked. I'm like, there's 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 a story there. That's uh, it's pretty powerful. Um, and the other thing I found out when I was doing research for the interview was, I mean, you've got to be one of the like hardest working musicians that I've ever mm. come across. You're just always on the go, mm. always touring. And, uh, and I guess in the last three years, you've put out two LPs and an EP. So I'm like, uh, what is that like? <laughs> um, keeps me out of trouble. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's definitely, it, it, uh, it was something I learned early on if I wanted to do this for a living, as lame as that sounds, I had to yeah. keep as busy as possible. And that's, that's usually, you know, people say, oh, you're a musician, so what do you do during the day? I'm like, well, I do all the other stuff, <laughs> you know, book the shows, write the music and all this. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, yeah, I try to keep as busy as I can because I love it. Yeah. Well, as an independent artist, I mean, I'm, I'm, I understand you have to be kind of entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I see that a lot in your work. You're kind of, Thanks. you know, all the events are always posted up and kind of on time. You seem to be really on top of social media. I want you to, you know, tell the listeners where they can find you on, uh, on social media anyway. Uh, yeah, the uh, the Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash Rory Talon. Talon is T-A-I-L-L-O-N. And uh, the website's just my full name, dot com. Twitter, at Rory Talon, Instagram. Yeah. I think that's it. <laughs> <laughs> so just kind of like, that's a, well, and Bandcamp. Bandcamp, yeah, that's right. Do you have, yeah, you have right. uh, are all the albums on yeah, Bandcamp? Yeah, yeah, all three. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's good. So, and you can purchase from there as well as yeah. stream. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can listen to the whole thing if you want. Yeah. I like Bandcamp. I yeah, me it. too. It's it's fantastic site and gives you lots of different options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. you were talking to Dan about Bandcamp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pay what you can, exactly. or you know, um, or even just like stream or download codes. It's mm-hmm. like it's it's good for kind of everybody, I think too. Yeah, if you're a sound nerd, you get the different different yes. file types yep. and stuff like that. I like it's that. It's not just idea the too. MP3. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty good. So I mean, uh, that uh, the album, the 2013 album, it's not black or white. Uh, that was the first one I heard. I didn't. I didn't hear closure until well after that. But that was. Um, you talk about some pretty heady themes, <laughs> like, and you kind of like really put it out there, which I respect, totally love. Thanks. I kind of do the same thing. I use social media as my outlet for that. So, but I wanted to talk about. I guess first is uh, the first song on that album, Lone Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, that line. Uh, we can't eat money or drink gasoline. They pour death into our ocean, and we look the other way. I mean, you're really, you're really giving it to people. So I'm like, you know, tell us a little bit more about uh, about these thoughts. Um, Commentary, I, I guess. On yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I wrote that song right after the Harper administration got rid of the uh, Protection Act over uh, the Canadian waterways. Yeah. Which we had like over two million protected, and now we have very few (laughs) and I was I was a little pissed off at the time listening to a lot of punk rock and uh, I I just don't understand the thought of we need money over you know clean water (laughs) we need money over food or air you know it's just it's a ridiculous concept to me and it it, something I struggle with a lot and it's uh, yeah it just drives me nuts to, to see that and then so like the lines in there, um, 
the guilt is based on how much they'll pay, right? So we just had that um, that spill in Alberta, right? Yeah. The biggest spill I think in Calgary or Alberta's history or something like that. And and then I just I got so pissed off because you hear the the spokespeople for the the oil companies like we're so sorry this happened. We're so sorry. It's just <laughs> like I don't give a shit. You're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. You dumbass. Yeah. But eh, yeah. <laughs> so so that's kind of your inspiration for it, I guess. Yeah, I, I was like I said, I was listening to a lot of punk at the time too. So it was just it was uh, the riff had that, and then um, the the actual um, the first the first line you mentioned. It's kind of based off of um, there's that that I don't know the quote that goes around. It's like only when the last tree has been cut down and the last ocean has been destroyed where we realize we can't eat money or something like that yeah yeah i've seen it too yeah and yeah it's kind of pretty basic truth yeah (laughs) you think it would be common sense but (laughs) yeah maybe not so much yeah um so yeah and uh i guess are can we expect uh, a little more political commentary like that in the future from yeah i want to do more i i I try to keep my stuff um, like I don't like to write cushy songs or anything like that <laughs> I like to write I've stuff yeah. that makes you think or at least I hope makes people think because it's I, I really in, enjoy that kind of music so I yeah. I like to try to always say something with what I'm writing well, it's, uh, you you are it's, it's great Thanks. I think yeah I was like kind of reading through a lot of it afterwards and yeah it's pretty heady stuff um so I guess uh, next one I wanted to bring out was Misfits, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I think is probably one of my favorites off that album because it kind of like hit me. But, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, I guess I identified with that, right? So lines like, uh, they teach you everything that they want you to know, expect you not to question what you're told. And, you know, I'm a huge questioner. I question everything mm. every, all the time. So tell me a little bit more about about that. Oh, I'm totally the same way. i got to question everything. I, I <laughs> Drives a lot of people nuts, but if you're not questioning what you, you know, it's uh, it's that's basic basic knowledge. I I feel like everybody should have is just okay. Figure out why you're doing something. Don't just do it. Yeah. And then, um, but uh, yeah, the song, uh, I I kind of you just see it a lot in people and and in friends and growing. You know, you're getting past high school and all this stuff, and you see it in friends that were just so creative and so inspired when they were younger and then you get out into this world where you know you were told that you need to get your degree and you need to get your 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 career right out of university and you need to get your house and your wife and your kids and you know everything's got to line up and all this stuff and then but uh, so many people and I, I'm finding it now in like late 20s a lot of people are coming back being like dude I don't know what the hell happened you know I did everything I'm supposed to why am I not happy and then it's like you know, some people that told me when I started doing this in my early 20s are like, are you crazy? You're not making any money. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. And I'm having fun. Yeah. And then and then now they're like, oh, my God, man, I, where did my 20s go? And it's like, I don't know. I, I just feel like people are not given the freedom that they should. There's just too much of this cook. Well, in the song, kind of like this, this mold, right? Like, this is what a person should be. You know, you got to finish a society like this yeah. or else you're not working with the machine. And <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and then, but I, I just, I really like to, like you said, I like to question why, why, why do I have to do this? Why, 
why do I have to? And I even, I'm even guilty of it. Like I went, I, uh, I went to school for art, funny enough, yeah. um, because I thought I could get a job in it um, and over music because I, I was doing music. But I was like, I'm not going to make any money doing music. I need to get a job where I can make money. And, and you know, punch. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I went for, for illustration first. I was like, yeah, I could do like, you know, illustrations for stuff. And then I went into animation because like, okay, I could work for a company, you know, yeah. nine to five, do an animation for a big company and then that didn't work out and then um, yeah so I, I kind of actually just you tried to fit into the mold I did yeah I did and, and I'm guilty of it too so I can't be like yeah look at me I didn't yeah. do it I'm just like yeah I did that too but yeah, yeah. It's, well, we all we all yeah, kind of have to live to learn right exactly so, but and that's what you took out of that I guess that that learning experience mm. was not to <laughs> <laughs> be yourself was yeah. it the genie and Aladdin be yourself <laughs> Uh, so, um, I, I, I just, uh, I love that. I, I write about it a lot myself, actually, about, you know, the societal box that we have and mm-hmm. we're expected to be in. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't live in that box. So, so yeah, I get that. It's a great tune, too. Thanks. Um, I also wanted to ask you about uh, Man of Stone. Hmm. So, it's kind of a, a heavy song, sad, but, but beautiful. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one. It's Beautiful in, in that it's, you know, truth. Yeah, that, that one's kind of like, I, I, I wrote that with a mix of different things going on. Like, I was, it's, um, like, the imagery I feel like is, is about a homeless person who, um, you know, you see one thing and then you just kind of assume that it's like that, you know, just as a scene, but you don't realize that there's this person, you know, and uh, what they've gone through to get to this and, it's another thing I feel like we're conditioned to do is like you see a homeless person and they ask you for money. It's uh, they want it for booze or something like that, and um, a lot of times that's the case. Or like you know, they, but uh, sometimes then, it just ain't. No, I know. And you just you didn't something didn't fit, or you were an outcast in something, and then you were just screwed out of an opportunity. And then a lot of times people like that you can't get you back on your feet. Like you, you tell them to get a job, but uh, you need to on your application for your address what are you going to yeah. put outside the bay <laughs> yeah you know and then but it's uh a lot of it too is a lot of fears of my own with um because i was dealing with some stuff at the time as well and i was just afraid of uh this you know i had this exterior presence and then all the shit was going on on the interior and i didn't want them to cross and then for things to screw up because of that and then um so when you say cross well just like he's the man of stone but he's got tears in his eyes you know it's kind of like you you're this rock and you're supposed to be this strong person but really you're broken inside and and um i was kind of hoping to use it as like uh as like a, as like just to say that you know you don't have to be that way i know you're not this way you know you're not you're not as you're not this person that you're putting on. You don't have to be that person. You, yeah. you can you can be broken. It's okay to be broken. Everybody's broken in some way, and um, but then you know a lot of people don't deal with it. So that's where I put the the the, the drinking is pain away and stuff like that because that's a common common yeah. thing. You know, you you fill your your void with whatever you vice you prefer. Yeah, <laughs> and then. It's, uh you cover a little bit of that, I think, or at least touch on it in, in Durden. 
mm. as well. I mean, I know there's uh, a little bit more of a story there. I, I remember reading about the Fight Club and kind of inspired from from that character, mm-hmm. from from that book. But uh, it was, uh, you, you know, about the dichotomy, the dichotomy, I guess, right? mm. and, and the dual, yeah. And I guess, uh, and that also seems to relate to misfits. You know, again, yeah. trying to fit into that mold, that exterior person, that the the social mask, right? That that we're expected to wear, I guess. And uh, so, how did you, I guess, reconcile, reconcile that? I mean, obviously a little bit through writing about mm. it and uh, and expressing it that way, but you you're you're a very real person, so you must have figured out how to kind of how to reconcile the man of stone with <laughs> you know with the teddy yeah. bear inside, you know yeah, that yeah. we all are. Yeah, um, it took a while because uh, like like. You brought up Durden. Durden's kind of, uh, yeah, you're right. it's, it's like an extension of that as well. Durden's more about um, uh, m- kind of like mental health and the way we deal with it as well. Because, um, you know, this, you take the pills that make you happier, quote unquote. I can't do air quotes on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on a but podcast. No, I get what you but, mean. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then you become this, this person that's not this person that you feel is right. And I, um, but you want to be, you know, you want to be that person for everybody around you, but you can't help but, you know, you're, you're in a bad place. And when you're in a bad place, there's nothing you can do about it unless you, well, first step is recognizing that something is wrong, which... Uh, Sometimes it's difficult to exactly. do when, and you, when it's, you know, oh, totally. mind, yeah. Like, it, you could, everybody could tell you something's wrong, but if you're not feeling like something's wrong, it's just like, well, then why am I fixing something? But then, you know, you might push a lot of things away that you shouldn't be pushing away and and uh, but and then with Durden um, it's kind of written as perspective for when you first start to fix the problem start to fix the problem you know because you know you get your antidepressants or something like that like whatever is relevant and then you become this other person but um <laughs> I think that's what scares people actually. Yeah. Treating or trying to heal uh, mm. an illness of the mind yeah. is they're afraid of losing themselves. Exactly. And then, but there's this this huge switch between the two people, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you, you, you know, you want to react one way, but because of your, you know, your conditioning, you're, you're this way, but you can, you're screaming inside. And that's, that's where I brought in like the fight club thing because. Well, I keep, I keep spoilers. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it's, it's from that the nineties. Yeah, a long time ago. ago. So. If you haven't read the book or seen the movie, yeah. it's your own fault. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it, you know, like it, it's just Durden was this person that he wanted to be, and you know, and he doesn't realize that to the end, and then he's yeah. this quiet, contempt, not con- well, yeah, contempt person, um, stuck in this life that he thinks you know is right, and then. There's some petty discontent, though. Oh, I totally. Think. Like maybe he's not experiencing the deep discontent because he's yeah. a little asleep. But yeah. yeah, those petty things that mm-hmm. you know that I think come out when we're not, <laughs> you know, truly living who we yeah. are. But yeah, I, I liked that about that character too. It's, it's a yeah, it's a beautiful song too. Thanks. I I was like, I I would I actually was tempted to ask you if you would play that one, but I like how there's kind of two guitar sounds to mm-hmm. it. I kind of like that that sound in the beginning. But anyway, sorry. That's <laughs> uh, really cool. Yeah, the whole album, really great. Thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, but, uh, oh, Jukebox. Yeah. 
I, I'm like, I, I got pretty sick of radio, like, I don't know, I think it was probably around the mid to late 90s, early 2000s, and I pretty much stopped listening to it, basically CBC, Jazz FM, and that was about it. Yeah. Plus, I was living out in, in Camelford, where you played, which yeah. was pretty cool. I, <laughs> I, I came across a, a review when you played down at, uh, what was the name of the place? It was The Bridge, they yeah. called it? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. But uh, anyways, that, uh, so for me, that song, that's kind of what, what I got out of it, was I was just like, um, what was the line here? Uh, I sing the songs that I want to sing. I'm not some puppet on a string. And that was my frustration that I was experiencing <laughs> listening to yeah. mass market music, right? And, and the stuff that they were putting and, and that these, the big three, there we, there we go again with the air quotes, uh, the big three were, yeah. <laughs> At least I'm not the only one who did Yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the big three labels are like putting out and it seems kind of like they're, they're just trying to reach the, the lowest common denominator, right? To try and get as many fans as possible, which, you know, I can understand it's business. They want to make yeah. money, but um, so for you, I mean, I don't know if, if that was, that's kind of what I got out of that that song, which which is great too, and it's super fun, and like, you know, really catchy, and you kind of want to get up and move to it, but for you, what was that? What was, uh, what was um, behind it for you? It was, <laughs> my buddy actually, he, he, he uh, he put it to me in a in a good way that I like. He said it's the sequel to Dance Monkey Dance, the angry <laughs> sequel to Dance Monkey Dance, because Dance Monkey Dance was just like, you know, like, it was kind of like a creepy, just storytelling way of you know, passive um, Dance Monkey Dance, and I'll buy you another beer. So it's just like you know, you get the the the, uh, the dancing monkey with the cup and shit, mm-hmm. and, and it, it, that one was kind of like about the arts in general. But uh, Jukebox was. <laughs> um, I just, I really hate when people yell out, well, there's the last verse, like Wonderwall or Freebird or something like that, or, or something like that. When somebody's yelling at a musician for no reason, and it's just like, drives me nuts. And it happens all the time. It happened to me two weeks ago at a, at a gig. Someone was yelling Wonderwall, and I was just ripping into him on the microphone, and his friends were loving it, but I was still pissed. Like, I was just like, seriously, bud, fuck off. Oh, like they're <laughs> yelling out for you? Like, yeah, he's playing. yelling Wonderwall, and I'm playing my music. And I'm like, seriously, uh, guy? Yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, you, you get used to it at the time, but I don't feel like we should have to. And, you know, can't, can't be like, oh, I don't want to do my own thing and stuff like that, because... You know, people want to hear stuff, but at the same time, it's like if somebody's, it just drives me nuts. Like, not just as a performer, but as seeing people when people, you know, somebody's pouring their heart out with something. And I'm sitting there listening and having a beer and some jackass is yelling the, you know, most recent, somebody sounds a little bit like Mumford and Sons. So they're like, play Little Lion Man. You know, it's just like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pardon my French. Um, but, That's uh, okay. There's explicit warnings. Okay. Oh, <laughs> good. Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, um, but yeah, it's um, just it just pisses me off. And uh, we actually, when we did that song, we had finished all the songs that we wanted to do in the studio session. We had a little time left, and I was recording with my best friend, and um, we had some some drinks, and uh, it was it was probably. Like, we were done what we wanted to do, so we were just, you know, having a couple of drinks, and then like a few drinks in, we're like, I was, I was like, dude, do you want to set the mics up again? And I got like one more song, and it's just kind of like a really rough song, but I, I, I kind of want to do it right now. And then 
Um, he was like, yeah, man, let's set it up. And then the kick drum is actually my wife because I was going to do them both, like play, and I do that live. But uh, my wife was with us, and I was like, hey, babe, you want to be on the record? <laughs> so she is actually playing the kick drum in the song. And, uh, yeah, so we kind of hazily recorded that song, and I kind of I really like the way it came off. Like, it's yeah. just. Was that with Theo? Yeah. 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 Um, so, well, uh, you should tell our listeners actually a little bit about that, about about the band members and, and Theo and the yeah. work you guys have done. Uh, Theo is, <laughs> Theo and I met in high school playing in uh, rock and metal bands together, and uh, we've just be- we've been like best friends for years. And uh, he recorded uh, all of my stuff pretty much. There's one, Man of Stone is the only one that he didn't do, and that was at uh, Coalition Music in Toronto mm-hmm. uh, with Robert uh, Suka and... Um, but uh, Theo has been a band member <laughs> and a producer and an engineer. He's just kind of, when I want to do something, I just call him up and say, hey, what do you want to do? <laughs> or something. So, like, he's toured with me um, and stuff like that. And, and we just record and we're, we're talking about doing another album right now. And we want new ideas and stuff like that with that. And then... Uh, but yeah, he, uh, the regular band members right now, though, are, are uh, Graham Porter. He plays bass with me, and Ryan Mead is on drums. Um, that They make up the old souls uh, as of the last, like, year or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been great. It's it's nice to, um, nice to play. Like, there's a lot of drama and stuff like that with music and bands and all that. And these guys, you know, I said to them, I was just like, there's no drama. We're just playing music. And... Uh, you know let's just have some fun and they both are on board yeah. with that so it's been great it's been nice because I've had the drama in the bands and it's not yeah. fun it's <laughs> just like uh. <laughs> and but that that happens there's, there's a lot of egos involved in art and, and stuff like that and uh, well, it's but, very personal stuff too you're dealing with often yeah, right yeah. so yeah I can I can see that so so you and Theo and your wife kind of after a few drinks so that's how Jukebox got cut yeah. on that all? Yeah, yeah we, we didn't even have, I, I think I had the first verse and the chorus uh, written, and then the rest just kind of came out. <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Uh, I, I would love for you to play that for us. Yeah, sure. Are you good at that? Okay. All right. My fist back in yours. I won't be a puppet. Don't make that mistake. I'm not putting up with your shit anymore. Sing the songs that I want you sing. I'm not some puppet on a string. I won't be your jukebox no
Sing the songs that I want to sing I'm not so popping on a string